Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the true story of a young, irresistible woman, her husband, and the other men who would do anything to have her. I think Tasha should write a book about how to get men because that female always had a guy in her life willing to protect and defend her no matter what. She just seemed to have this ability to manipulate or get men to do things that even they had never done before. But one of them is determined to solve her web of lies and deceit. Man, I use every tool on the internet I can possibly find. I mean, I was doing everything in my power to try and find out what this woman was made of. Beware. Extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. It's September 2003 in Columbia, Missouri. Mitch Kemp and his wife Tasha Fields are at home looking after their baby daughter. Mitch was a very nice guy. He loved his family and he was just one of those very caring individuals. He loved his brothers. He came from a big family. Mitch was eager to start a family of his own. He had married his first wife at a young age. Mitch had, had previously been married for a very, very long time. He and his wife did get divorced, and then shortly thereafter, he met Tasha. And when Mitch fell for Tasha, he fell fast, and he fell hard. Tasha feels is a very attractive woman at that time. She had long blonde hair. I can see why Mitch would fall in love with Tasha, because she was very energetic, and she made people feel very special. Tasha was a nice-figured woman, and I think that, you know, that was someone that he really thought was a really good catch for him, maybe even a step up for him. And so he was definitely really, really into her. And Tasha is thrilled to be with Mitch, too. For her, it's a nice change after a string of tough relationships. She would tell a lot of family stories, a lot of things that had happened in her life. 
that they just felt like were tragic. She's had such a hard lot in life. Now she's kind of found a good family, a family that loves her, wants to take care of her. When Tasha gets pregnant, everything in Tasha and Mitch's life seems like it's falling into place, but it's destined not to last. Tasha gives birth to a daughter in September 2002. They spend another 10 months together before officially marrying in July 2003. Mitch's family starts believing that Tasha is cleverly manipulating Mitch's kind nature. I do believe Tasha went after Mitch because she saw him as an easy target, as someone that could help her, because she was always playing the victim, and he was someone that could love her. She just seemed to have this ability to manipulate or get men to do things that even they had never done before. Mitch begins to distance himself from his old life and his family. Even more alarming, his family starts noticing dark changes in Mitch's behavior. After he met Tasha, he was arrested once. He started doing drugs, and his family noticed that he started acting in a very unusual way. By that fall, the very brief honeymoon period is definitely over for Tasha and Mitch. Only three months after their wedding, and it seems all they do is argue. According to the Kemp family, once they were married, the relationship between Mitch and Tasha did begin to worsen. There was a lot of fighting. Soon, it takes its toll. Tasha decides to move out, leaving Mitch behind. Mitch isn't happy about the situation. He was most concerned about their daughter and wanted to make sure he got his time with their daughter. But even after all the fighting and the abrupt separation, Tasha and Mitch can't stay away from each other. For Tasha, more is more. So even though Tasha left Mitch, she continues to see him and have some kind of important connection with him. They were broken up, but it was never finality with them because they were always back and forth with each other in one way or another. Soon after she leaves Mitch, Tasha meets a handsome farmer named Greg Morton. Greg's big. He looks mean, but he's not. He's a good guy. He's not near as scary as what he looks in pictures. Greg Morton had never been married. He did have a daughter. He had some military background, I believe. Just really kind of a, a laborer, kind of a country guy. Greg, like Mitch, is powerfully drawn in by Tasha's beauty and vulnerability. Greg, probably more than anybody, honed in on the woman in distress, it was somebody that I could take care of, that it seemed like there was always drama in her life, there was always something for me to save her from, and, and you just felt, felt like you had to, felt compelled to do that. I think uh, the relationship becomes pretty physical pretty quickly. Greg still has no idea that she's married. After drawing Greg in with her sultry ways, he is hooked. And by the end of 2003, Tasha is heavily involved in a steamy affair with Greg Morton. I think that Tasha uses everything she has, sex and everything else, to bring people in. Very, very quickly, she zeroes in on what you like and what 
keeps you going? Sex had to be involved. I mean, there were so many men that were so willing to drop everything in their lives and protect her and listen to her story and defend her throughout, no matter what. And there's only one logical answer as to why those guys would be going down for her. Even though their affair is heating up, Tasha still doesn't tell Greg she's married to Mitch. But Tasha's double life is about to be exposed. 
She tells Greg that Mitch has raped her. She also tells him that he's molested the child. Tasha is setting the stage for what she wants to happen next. She's already thinking, I'm going to have to add to the story to create enough sympathy with Greg Morton that he's going to let me come live with him. Tasha's lies go unquestioned. And in February 2004, she's fully living with Greg Morton on his 37-acre farm. She moved in with Greg and her daughter, and they became a family. Fairly quickly after, they just, they hit it off, and that was that. Just like with her and Mitch, it seems like they're dating, and then it goes from that to pretty serious relationship, moving in together. Tasha discovered something very powerful. It's called sex. She used her sexuality to brilliantly reel men in. And men like women, once they are sexually involved, especially if they're having the best sex they've ever had in their life, they get attached. And now that they're sharing a home, Greg's infatuation with a beautiful blonde woman only deepens. I imagine with Greg, sex probably did play a big part in it. Tasha was very, very good at figuring out what made you go and what, what she had that she could use to bring you in and bring you close. Greg described it as saving Tasha from something. It made him feel wanted and needed. This was a person who had been single his entire life. This was the time where he's coming in and being a protector and a savior of someone. And so he, he was just smitten with her. Through the spring of 2004, Tasha feeds a constant stream of stories to Greg about Mitch's abuse. She'd get off the phone and say all kinds of horrible things about him, and, you know, this is the kind of stuff we're going to have to deal with the rest of our lives. And Greg believes every word that Tasha tells him. I think that Greg's kind of thought and, and rationale behind it was is, who, who makes this up? You know, who, who's lying about their child or themselves being raped and molested? And it's, it's someone that he loves and cares about telling him this. And so, mistakenly so, he gave her all the credit in the world. Greg is left with the impression that the other man in Tasha's life is a monster and that he needs to do something about it. By the end of July 2004, Mitch has served his five-week prison sentence for assaulting Tasha and returns home. Tasha drives out to see Mitch to talk about their daughter. Greg, sitting in the car initially, sees Tasha and Mitch arguing. Greg comes up on the porch to try to calm the situation down. But things don't go that way. Greg's interference only adds fuel to the fire. An already tense situation is about to explode. There's some sort of verbal altercation about something, enough for Mitch to feel that he needed to defend himself. Not even Tasha can anticipate what happens next. Then Mitch reaches around, takes a chair, and just clubs Greg over the head with it, knocks him off the porch. They kind of get into a tussle. Greg and Tasha end up leaving. The fight is never reported, but the bad blood between Greg and Mitch is now at a boiling point. 
to make matters worse, in August 2004, Greg and Tasha get married, even though Tasha never officially divorced Mitch. Soon after, Mitch decides he has to get away. He calls a friend in Virginia and makes plans to visit. Mitch called me and asked me for help, said he needed a job and a place to stay for a while because him and his wife was having problems, had to get away from her. I tried to talk to him about his marriage and why he wanted to leave and why he needed to leave. And all he would say is he just had to get away. That's all he would say. That's all he, that's all he would elaborate on. So I knew, that, I knew that he was scared about something. I did. And I could tell in his voice that there was major problems. I could. Mitch makes a plan to set out the next day for a fresh start in Virginia. But he never arrives. I wait for a couple days, and uh, Mitch didn't show up. I didn't know if he was setting me up. I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know what was happening. No one's seen Mitch. He hasn't talked to his family, who he talked to regularly. There was actually a family function uh, that he misses. No credit card activity, no, no bank activity, no vehicle, nothing. Mitch Kemp has been fighting with his estranged wife, Tasha, and her new lover, Greg. And now he's missing. The tension between the three has escalated into a violent incident and Mitch knows he needs to get away. Is Mitch just laying low? Or is something truly terrible keeping him hidden? Tasha Field's brief marriage to Mitch Kemp has ended badly. Amidst allegations of abuse, Mitch has come to blows with Tasha's new lover, Greg. And now, Mitch has disappeared. After Mitch's run-in with the law and the fight with Greg, friends and family assume he's just lying low. He had a warrant for his arrest, and sometimes those individuals don't want to be found. And so, initially, this was kind of treated as, hey, this is someone that's kind of hiding out. They don't want to be found. Then, in February of 2005, Tasha and Greg pack up the farm and leave town. No one in Columbia, Missouri hears from them again. Mitch's friends are left wondering what happened to him. They have no way of knowing it will take years for them to find out. It's the spring of 2007. Almost three years have passed since Mitch Kemp disappeared. 800 miles to the south, Dwayne Barantine is waiting to collect his son from school in Mariana, Florida. He's about to get a nice surprise from a woman he has seen around the daycare center. And one of her coworkers approaches me and uh, said, uh, Mr. Dwayne, I just want to let you know that uh, I've got something for you. And I said, what is it? Well, it's a phone number from one of my coworkers. The phone number belongs to a beautiful new teacher at the school. Her name is Tasha Fields. She's been living in the Florida Panhandle for two years. After divorcing Greg, she is newly single and on the prowl after a series of failed relationships. And somebody says, hey, Tasha's interested in going out with you and here's her number. And of course, um, Dwayne was like, yeah, I'm gonna jump on that and calls her. 
we ended up talking on the phone for several hours. Despite being attracted to the hot young teacher, Duane has some reservations about starting a relationship. I've got a three-year-old little boy. I've got full custody of him, and I'm raising him by myself. So really wasn't chasing women or anything like that. But the next day, after school, Tasha comes over to Duane's house. She has one thing on her mind, and Duane is powerless to resist. She definitely uses her body. She looked better the first day she came over to the house than she had ever looked at the daycare to me. I mean, she had on all the makeup. She had her hair flat ironed. And when she found out that I was laying down, she wanted to lay down too. So we both go and we lay down in the bed and, you know, her operating style was, let's get it on. And that's pretty much exactly what she did, you know, and uh, it was on from there. I think Tasha should write a book about how to get men because that female always had a guy in her life willing to protect and defend her no matter what. It's Duane's first brush with Tasha's seductive powers. And from that point on, there's no going back. When Tasha was married to Mitch Kemp, his family claimed she manipulated him. Before long, she's at it again, pushing Duane to let her and her daughter move into his home. After years of instability, Tasha's little girl is yearning for a man to call her father. You could tell that she really wanted the male figure in her life as like my little boy wanted the female figure, you know? And, uh, and I'll never forget when she walked up to me and asked me if she could call me daddy. Maybe I'll be whatever you want me to be. And uh, as long as it's all right with your mama, I said, uh, you can call me daddy, I don't mind. And I meant it. Dwayne falls for the whole package. Tasha is not only seductive and beautiful and gorgeous and aggressive, but she also has a charming little daughter that also falls madly in love with Dwayne and wants him to be her father. And so it's this whole family image that is very appealing. Tasha uses a tactic with men that works. She understands a man wants to feel like a hero. She's a victim who needs to be saved. They are her knight in shining armor. It gets them very attached to her. Tasha and her daughter move into Dwayne's house, and the excitement of the couple's early erotic encounter proves to be just the beginning of what's in store for Dwayne now. She would call me up on the cell phone and say, hey, come in the back door when you come home. And she would meet me at the back door and set a high heels and a thong. And I mean, it, <laughs> in the back door into the bedroom, you know. Tasha's not stupid. She realizes that sex is a powerful solidifier for a relationship. And when she meets Dwayne, she's looking more beautiful and sexy than she's ever looked before. And Dwayne has the best sex he's ever had in his whole entire life. And they're off to the races. But Tasha has more tricks in her book than just sexy lingerie. She would just go get a can of whipped cream and, you know, she, I don't know how graphic you want to get on this. It isn't all about the thrilling sexual relationship. Dwayne is developing deeper feelings for the intense, attractive blonde. Dwayne described that you know, the sex was very, very hot and heavy, but Dwayne also was, told me he was very much in love with her. 
life with Tasha seems too good to be true. And Dwayne is about to discover that it's just that. Not long after she moves in, Dwayne starts to notice that Tasha has a rather casual relationship with the truth. I would witness certain things in life with her, and I would see the exact same thing that she saw, but when I would hear her tell this story to somebody else, it was so much more dramatic. But Dwayne's starting to get the feeling that Tasha's beautiful exterior might be covering up a troubled past. He discovers the title to her car in the glove compartment. It's under the name Greg Morton. I ask her who Greg Morton is, and, you know, it takes her a while to come up with this story, but she's steady doing it, and it's as believable as anything, you know, anybody could ever tell you. Tasha claims that Greg Morton is her daughter's uncle and that he once helped them out. Greg's name is the first in a steady stream of names of men that slowly begin to come out of the woodwork. In a box of Tasha's belongings, Duane uncovers yet more evidence of his new girlfriend's shady past. Despite Tasha claiming that the surname of her child is Morton, Duane finds evidence to the contrary. I actually found a bunch of baby pictures. As I kept digging in the pictures, I found some that said Kemp. And just just the discrepancies in her story. It, It just didn't add up. It makes no sense for another man's name to be written on the back of her daughter's baby photograph. Who is this mystery man named Kemp? And I called her up and I was like, who is Mitchell Wayne Kemp? And she started crying immediately. Tasha says, listen, Mitch is is not a good person. He had a horrible past. Um, And so I, I used this other name. That's how I've kind of presented myself. And Mitch Kemp could be dead in a ditch somewhere as far as I know. Tasha confesses that she was married to Mitch, but it was a marriage of convenience. I said, let me ask you something. How many times have you been married? And she told me she had been married five times. Duane is shocked. At just 30 years old, Tasha has already been married to five different men. A picture is starting to come into focus in Duane's mind of a woman who is not who she says she is. He just doesn't know who he's living with. Who Who is this person? Because every time he questions her, she gives an answer. It requires him to ask another question because the answer isn't accurate. Now Duane wants to discover who Tasha Fields really is. I really feel like I've got somebody in my house and I don't even really know who they are. Man, I use every tool on the internet I can possibly find. I mean, I was using people searches. I was, you know, using online phone books, reverse phone number searches. I mean, I was doing everything in my power to try and find out what this woman was made of and, you know, what her history and her past was like. Duane Barantine thought he'd met the perfect woman. But just a couple of months into the relationship, some big questions have emerged. First, who are Greg Morton and Mitch Kemp? And most elusive of all, Who is Tasha Fields? In August 2004, Tasha Fields was at the heart of a love triangle that ended in Mitch Kemp's disappearance. Three years later, Tasha has left Greg Morton and started a new life in Florida with Dwayne Barantine. But now he's suspicious that the woman he's living with is not who she says she is. 
Dwayne is looking for a way to find out more about Tasha's past. In November 2008, Dwayne runs into one of Tasha's ex-boyfriends, a local man named Keith. Tasha's relationship with him ended only a few months before she moved in with Dwayne. When Keith finds out about Dwayne's problems with Tasha, he gives him a shocking lead. Dwayne knows Keith, Tasha's, you know, previous boyfriend. They have a conversation and Keith tells Dwayne, you know, you got you got to be careful with her. Keith starts recounting disturbing and dramatic tales that Tasha told him when they were together. One evening, according to Keith, um, they had had quite a bit to drink and they were talking. And it's at that point that Tasha starts telling him stories about her childhood being raped and about her father and all this kind of stuff. Just one crazy story after another. This is old news, but Keith isn't finished. He has a far more shocking story to tell. And if it's true, it could change everything Dwayne thinks about Tasha. I said, well, what else do you know? He said, well, I know she's involved in the murder of one of her exes. I said, Keith, do you believe that? He said, hell no, it's probably just about like any other lie she tells, you know. He didn't believe it. I really didn't believe it at that time either. It seems too far-fetched to be taken seriously. So Dwayne lets the story go. Tasha is a chronic liar and storyteller, and she embellishes stories, which is great if you're a novelist. It's great if you're a playwright. It's not great if this person's your lover. A few months later, Tasha's line comes to a head. Dwayne discovers that for the past several weeks, she's been cheating on him. It's the final straw. I confronted her. She denied it to the to the hill. And I was like, look, you've got to go. Tasha and her daughter move out of Dwayne's house. Dwayne might be finished with Tasha, but his quest to discover the truth about her past has only just begun. Dwayne Barentine is the reason why this case was solved. And it's just kind of funny because he he was just acting like a woman's spurn, you know? A stroke of luck hands Dwayne a clue about Tasha's past. She had left behind the password to her MySpace page. And so he continues to dig into her past. And using that password, he's able to find out that she has yet again not been honest and truthful with him. In the pages of Tasha's social networking site, Dwayne sees a familiar name. He sees messages to Tasha from Mitch Kemp's family saying, Tasha, have you seen Mitch? He's been missing. We don't know where he is. Do do you know anything? Suddenly, the story that Keith told him about the murder Tasha said she was involved with seems a lot more plausible. Seeing Kemp on all these documents, and that's when I I knew, you know, they said they haven't heard from her or Mitch in over four years. So I was like, you know what? There actually was a murder, and this is the man who's missing. While searching for the truth about his ex, Dwayne Barantine has uncovered a bombshell. Mitch Kemp was the missing man from Missouri, and Dwayne suspects he was murdered. With this information, Dwayne makes the ultimate move and he calls the sheriff's department in Mariana. I couldn't lay my head down on my pillow at night and go to sleep knowing that I knew what happened to this man. Florida police 
call their counterparts in Missouri. And the story checks out. Mitchell Kemp has been officially missing since August 2004. And that's really what gets the ball rolling back here in Missouri, is that now we've got someone from another state calling us saying that they may have information on this case that we've treated as a missing person report for several years now. Now the person police most want to talk to is Tasha Fields, Mitch's ex-wife. Law enforcement pick her up and they bring her to the police department and they begin interrogating her. Uh, She's not under arrest. At this point, investigators question Tasha cautiously, not wanting to let her know she's a suspect. They wanted to find out from her, one, is there any truth to this, kind of read her, and if there is, detectives at that point figured she's the key to finding this body. Police don't let on that they've received any specific new information from Dwayne Barantine. They pull Tasha in and talk to her, very cordial. We just have some questions for you. We know that you were married to Mitch Kemp and he's the, the father of your child. What do you know about him? What, what do you know? And, and her initially is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He is, he's a no good uh, piece of crap. Who cares about Mitch? He's a liar. Everything initially negative was about Mitch. You know, I think she even said about Mitch, he was nothing but a sperm donor. I mean, she just has nothing good to say about him. Tasha has even less to say when it comes to Greg, except that she hasn't seen him since their split in 2006. Investigators wonder if something has happened to Greg Morton as well. Him and I had our differences or whatever, but I I don't have anything bad to say about him. I mean... But by the next day, as cops press Tasha on her relationship with Greg, her story begins to change. Suddenly, she completely reverses her opinion of Mitch. It goes from Mitch is a sperm donor to, okay, I think something bad may have happened to Mitch, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Finally, after almost four years, the lid is about to be lifted on what happened to Mitch Kemp. When Tasha Fields met and seduced Dwayne Barantine, she thought she'd left her past behind. But when Dwayne became suspicious of her behavior, he unearthed a shocking secret that had been hidden for four years. When police first questioned Tasha, she claimed she doesn't know what happened to Mitch. But all of that is about to change. Law enforcement, they had done their investigation up here, you know, and began to confront her with about some of these things. They are investigating this as a potential murder, and she knows what's going on. And so now it begins to switch from Mitch wasn't such a bad guy, it's Greg Morton that was the monster. Now Tasha has a new story. She tells the authorities that for four years she's kept quiet about her husband Mitch's disappearance because she's been living in fear of a reprisal from Greg, who is living back in Missouri. And then you hear that she's hiding from Greg and she doesn't want anyone to ever find out about it because Greg will kill her or do something very harmful if Greg finds out that Tasha spoke. Tasha said, Greg Morton is a monster. Mitch was a good dad, a good father. I loved him. I just stayed with Greg because I was scared to death. Tasha starts talking about what happened in Missouri. 
She says that Greg was furious after discovering she was still seeing Mitch, despite leaving him in the spring of 2004. Just a few weeks after their first altercation, consumed with jealousy, Greg confronts Mitch. In a violent fit, he shoots him and buries his body on the farm where they lived. She does admit that Mitch is dead, you know, and that he's buried out there on that property. But she wasn't there. She wasn't anywhere around when that all happened. Greg told her about it. With the guarantee of protection, Tasha says she finally feels safe enough to cooperate with police. I can help you find the body. I wasn't there when it happened, but I, I, I know where he was buried. When that happens, law enforcement are like, okay, time out, time out. And they're going, they're grabbing maps. Show us where you think, because again, central to that, they wanted to find that body. Everything will change if we can find that body. On June 21st, 2008, police bring Tasha to Greg's farm to point out the spot where he buried the body. When we take her out there, she looks over the property and she gives us kind of the area she believes it's the accurate spot. And so we do a huge dig on these people's property and, and we find nothing. After hours of searching and no sign of Mitch's body, police call off the search. With nothing else to go on, police bring Tasha back in for more questioning to try to shake something else loose from her ever-changing version of events. We all consulted about what's the next step, and we thought, let's turn up the heat. They decide to use the thing she's most afraid of, Greg. We tell her that we've talked to Greg. She becomes panicked, like asking, does he know where she is? Not only that, police have an additional card up their sleeve. The story Tasha's ex, Keith, told Dwayne Barantine. Said, hey, we have information that you were more involved in this than you have led us to believe. It's all they need. Tasha cracks under the pressure. They get her to break and admit that she was there when it happened. Although she didn't have anything to do with it, she was there, she saw it happened, and she saw where Greg buried him. Tasha points out a very specific area on the map of the farm where she says Mitch's body is buried. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll come back. I'll show you exactly where this body's buried. On August 9th, 2008, police return with Tasha to Greg's farm in Missouri. This time, Tasha is completely focused. She knows her freedom and possibly her life are on the line. We fly her back a second time back to Missouri and she goes right to the spot. And we literally, they, they hit ground and it's like the next strike in the ground and, and up comes. Uh, I believe it's a piece of a shirt or something, and we know that we've hit where the body is buried. He had been buried about five, six feet deep. Still had his boots on, still had his jeans on. You know, he wasn't naked. There was a bucket that had shell casings in it uh, that were, was also buried there with the body. After a four-year search, Mitch Kemp's body has finally been found. Police immediately begin an autopsy to establish the cause of death. It revealed that there were bullet holes, multiple bullet holes in, in the, the bone structure of the body. And so uh, Mitch Kemp was in fact shot multiple times. 
discovery of Mitch's body riddled with bullet holes appears to confirm Tasha's story. And on August 29th, 2008, police arrest Greg Morton. There was a news report both in the paper and, and on TV that Greg Morton had been arrested for murder. Initially, Greg refuses to talk, but eventually he changes his mind. And what he has to say turns the entire investigation upside down. After being missing for four years, Mitch Kemp's body has been found riddled with bullets. Now the man arrested for his murder is about to spill the beans on what really happened. In an interview with police, Greg recounts that the day before the murder, he walked in on Tasha arguing with Mitch on the phone. I believe Tasha was on the phone with Mitchell Kemp at some point right prior to this incident and she was yelling, why did you rape me? Why did you do this? He's hearing them argue. Uh, he steps out of the house because he can't take it. He says he's, he's angry, doesn't understand why she's still dealing with him. We don't know if that phone call even really existed, if there was ever anyone really on that end of the phone. Afterwards, Tasha tells Greg this is the final straw. After years of abuse, she's ready to do something about it. So, of course, Greg is going to defend her. And that's just how Tasha was able to get these guys. They wanted to defend her. They wanted to help her. In his confession, Greg claims that Tasha told him she had a solution, a way to ensure Mitch never hurts her again. She comes out a few minutes later. She hands him a, a handgun and says, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to get him out here. We're going to take care of this today. Tasha leaves for Mitch's house. It's just a couple of days after Mitch makes the call to his friend in Virginia about getting away from what he knew was a volatile situation. Greg Morton testifies that on August 24, 2004, he is waiting at his Missouri farmhouse. Eventually, he sees the headlights from Tasha's car. And when she steps out of the car, she's not alone. She's brought Mitch back with her. He says he comes around the corner as they're walking towards the house. She's ahead of Mitch, heading towards the door. Mitch is about six or seven feet behind him. Greg says that Tasha is crystal clear about what she wants to happen next. Tasha is smart about turning one lover against another lover. In this case, Greg against Mitch. Greg comes from beside the house. Mitch sees him and says, hey, what's up? Mitch Kemp has no idea of the betrayal that is about to take place. She begins screaming, shoot him, shoot him. He raped me yesterday. Shoot him, shoot him. Greg raises his pistol from about 15 to 20 feet, shoots him five times. Greg and Tasha then bury the body on the farm. To his family and friends, it seems as if Mitch has disappeared. Tasha Fields is arrested, and on June 22, 2010, her case goes to trial. The key allegation against her is that she masterminded the murder, that she lured Mitch to the farm, luring him to his death. That's where that word lure is so key. In Missouri, first-degree murder, you have to prove deliberation. And deliberation, you know, it means that the person coolly reflected upon the matter 
before carrying out the act of killing somebody. Greg might have pulled the trigger, but Tasha was the mastermind. She lured Mitch to his death, and she knew exactly what she was doing. After being charged, Tasha still maintains her innocence and claims that Greg is the violent criminal. But the jury isn't buying her argument. In the end, the jury comes to the conclusion that Tasha's words were every bit as deadly as bullets. She's found guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Those people manipulated by Tasha are left to reflect on what's happened. Oh, there's a lot of lives that have been affected by her. A whole bunch of lives. The little girl who now has no dad, no mom, and, you know, the other brother, I mean, he lost his brother in this. He'll tell you, you know, Mitch was my best friend. She sent my life into a tailspin. I mean, I won the unlucky lottery. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.